Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Good? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are super. <laughs> Lord, you are super. You do the supernatural, Father, is in your hands. Father, you are the miracle-working God. I thank you, Lord, that you are working miracles in our lives even today. Father, you are working things out for good for those who love you, those who are called according to your purpose. And Father, I ask now that you would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, Father, that you would just illuminate and reveal to us things in your word that we have not seen before. And that, Father, you will pierce our hearts, that will open our eyes and our ears, that our lives would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we are in a series called Revival 2020, and this is something that has just been on our hearts and on my heart for a while, and I'm going to continue to do this series until the Lord says to stop doing this series. And I really feel like the Lord is just preparing us for something, preparing us for something, preparing us for something. So I want to be prepared. How many of you want to be prepared for what the Lord is going to go do? Like, I want to be ready. Not only do I want to be ready, but I don't want to be the one that's in the way of what the Lord wants to go do. Okay? I do not want to be the one in the way of what the Lord wants to go do. And that should be our heart. That should be our prayer. Lord, have your way in this place, in this vessel. In this vessel, have your way, do your thing. Because I don't want to be the one that stands in the way of the things that you want to go do in my life and through my life. And so this Revival 2020 is very focused on us and our response and our heart's drivenness for revival, to see revival first here before we see it out there. So turn with me in your Bibles and look at our key scripture verse, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. It says this, it says, If my people, who's his people? Can I get a show of hands? Who's the people? Ooh, we got people in here. If my people, that's us, if my people who are called by my name will do what? There's a few things he is asking us to go do. There's a few things that the Lord is commanding us to go do. And you say, but, but Pastor Jason, this is Old Testament, and Jesus came, and then I don't, this stuff doesn't apply to me. Where do you read that in the Bible? He says he came to fulfill the law, and if he didn't say no longer do these things that I've called you to go do, it means we still do them. You understand that? So just because Jesus came doesn't mean we take the whole Old Testament and just throw it out with the baby with the bathwater. I'm saying that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. No, no, no. This entire book is God's plan for redemption. This entire book has wisdom and insight into us for living and what he has for us in our lives. And so we have to pay heed and pay attention to even things in the Old Testament on what he has for us. And if you look at this, he's calling his people. That's us. He's talking specifically to Israel at the time, but he's calling us to humble ourselves since we've been grafted in. Humble ourselves and then pray, and then seek my face. So we've, this has been the series. We've been taking each one of these words that we've been going through. What does it mean to humble ourselves? What does it mean to pray? 
What does it mean to seek his face? And then last week was to turn from our wicked ways. What does it mean to repent? What does that look like? How do we do that in our life? And then the next part of scripture says, then, then, then I will hear from heaven. Whoa, then I will hear from heaven. So this is now, all right, so now we are in the New Testament. And now we can say, oh my goodness, look at what the scripture is telling us. It's saying if I will humble myself, if I will begin to pray, if I will begin to seek his face, I will begin to repent and turn from my wicked ways, I am now able to hear from heaven. Oh my goodness, the, one of the main keys of hearing from heaven is baked right in this scripture. As we seek his face, as we pray, as we humble ourselves, because we saw if you are not in humility, God rejects the proud. Guess what? He's not speaking to you if you're walking in pride, because you can't hear his voice. He's resisting you. If he's resisting you, he's certainly not talking to you. He's like, I don't think so. So this is actually this little formula of saying, I want to hear from God. Look what it says. Then I will hear from heaven. Church, then we can hear from heaven. And we can hear what God is calling us to do and asking us to do. He is saying he hears from heaven. Church, how many of you know you can hear from heaven? You can hear from heaven. And if you've not heard from heaven yet in your life, I'm telling you starting today, you can hear from heaven. And maybe you've heard from heaven in the past and said, I haven't heard his voice in a while. You can hear from heaven. The Bible says, the shepherd, what? Hear my voice. The sheep hear my voice. And we hear the voice of whom? The shepherd. And who is the shepherd? Jesus. Where's Jesus at? Heaven. So we can hear from heaven. This is what we're able to do. I want you to turn with me. You guys are going to laugh at this. We're not going to laugh at this. We're actually going to say, oh my goodness. John chapter 2. Once somebody gets there and realizes what we're going to talk about here for a minute, you're going to say, wait a second. This is Jesus at the wedding. Didn't we already hear about this? And I can assure you that the two of us Never talk about what I'm going to preach on. We don't even mention it. She has no idea what I'm going to talk about. And that is the Holy Spirit of God keeping consistency throughout the entire service of what he wants you to hear. So heed this word, heed this voice, because what's happening is he's been speaking this word throughout the entire service. Amen? John chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited. Woo! They were invited. They were invited. We want to hear from heaven, church. You say, I want to hear. You have to invite Jesus in. You have to invite him to the party. You have to invite him to the wedding. You have to invite him into your prayer time. You have to invite him into the car when you get in the car. You have to invite him into your workspace when you go into your workspace. He he talks to you. He's speaking. But you have to invite him in. Middle schoolers, you're here. You have to invite him in. You say, well, I'm just in middle school. He doesn't talk to me. Ah, That's bull. What are you talking about? He doesn't talk to me because I'm in middle school. There is no junior Holy Spirit. 
There is no, I'm too young to hear from God. You're not too young to hear from God. You're not too young to hear from God. Even the kids that went upstairs, they're not too young to hear from God. Tell you what, some of our kids, they draw stuff and they write stuff. They're hearing from God. It's like little prophetic things that have been said or were going to be said during the service. It like amazes me. But why should I be shocked? Because kids hear from God. Have faith like what? A little child. Come on. So we can hear from God. Invite him in. Verse 3 says, And then they ran out of wine, and the mother of Jesus said to him, said to Jesus, We have no wine. Jesus says to his mother, Woman? (laughs) I don't know. I should have looked up what the original translation was of that. I mean, he probably didn't say it the way I said it either. He's probably just like, Mom, you know, hey, Okay, kids, this is for you, right, middle schoolers. Hey, let's not say woman, okay? If your mom is giving you a command or asking you to do something, children obey your parents, for it'll go well with you and you'll live a long life, right? There's these promises that are linked in, okay, with us. So kids, adults, hey, we got parents. Some of us still have living parents as well, okay? Let's not say woman. Let's say mom. But Jesus says woman, What does your concern have to do with me? Okay, this is not a model for, for children to be using in obedience with their parents. But notice, then Jesus did obey what his mom asked him to go do. Woo! Okay, so Jesus was still under the authority of his mom and said, Okay, all right, mom, you asked me to do something, I'll do it. But what does he say? He says, My time, my hour has not yet come. And then his mother says to the servants, Okay, I hear you, Jesus, but how about this? Whatever he says to you, do it. Oh, church. Whatever he says to you, do it. We just looked at, we're able to hear from heaven. And so many times we hear from heaven, and then we begin the debate of, "Ah, I don't know if that was him. I don't know if that was really God. And this is a whole nother message on how to understand and and, and decipher the voice of God. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But it's led by peace, and it's guided by peace. I can assure you of that. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be comfortable what he's asked you to go do. Whatever he says to do, do it. I'm telling you there are people sitting here this morning in which Jesus has spoken to you and have told you to do certain things and you haven't done them yet. Ah, it's not the right time. It's not this. We make excuses. Whatever he says to do, do it. Do it. And so you look at the next verse, it says, Now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Verse 7, Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Isn't this beautiful? Whatever he says to do, do it. Notice they didn't fill them halfway. They didn't fill them a quarter of the way. They didn't fill them three quarters of the way. Jesus said to fill it, and so they filled it all the way to the brim. Think about the the, the pot of water that here's filling. I mean, it's literally to the very top. And what I notice about that is when Jesus says to do something and you do it, there's actually no room for anything else to get in. 
Oh my goodness, you, there's nothing else that can go in. You filled it to the brim. You say, Jesus, what do you want me to go do? And you do it, and you do it all the way, all the way, all the way to the very top of the pot, to the brim. It leaves no room for anything else. You see, when we, when we obey halfway, when we obey partway, we leave an opening for something else to fill it. You see, these servants said, hey, I'm going to do whatever he says to go do. Verse 8, and he said to them, now draw, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. What did they do? They drew some out and they took it to the master. So now Jesus is giving multiple instructions. Not only did he say, hey, fill these up and take it. He's giving this instruction to say, take it now to the master of this wedding, of this party that's happening. He's saying, go and take the next step. Some of you here this morning have taken a partial step. And Jesus is calling you this morning to take the next step. Take the next step. And it doesn't say when the water was turned into wine. Do you notice that? It doesn't exactly say when it turned water into wine. It didn't say when they filled them up. It didn't say when they took it out. It just said that the water was then turned into wine. How do we not know it wasn't turned into wine when they took it and they took it to the master? A step of faith. These servants are going to be like, this is just water. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. Why would I go do this? But they understood what Jesus' mother said. Whatever he says to do, do it. Whatever he says to do, do it. Draw some out and take it to the master, and they took it. It's very interesting that now the miracle occurs. Verse 9, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made from wine, it didn't say exactly when, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have drunk well, then, then the inferior, meaning the good wine comes first and then the bad wine. Then the $2 a bottle wine comes out. You have kept the good wine until now. Will you look at what happens when we walk in obedience? Jesus begins to take those things which we could not do on our own, which was not possible on our own, and begin to take those things that are water in our life and begins to turn them into wine. And I'm not talking about the $2 wine. I'm not talking about the $5 wine. I'm not talking about the $100 wine. I'm talking about the finest wine that is available. This is what Jesus does in our life. It's like, oh my goodness. This is absolutely amazing. Do what he says for you to do. Verse 11 says this beginning the signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. You understand that as Jesus is doing these miracles in our life, as he's doing these things that are miraculous, that are impossible, it's so that we can show them and share them with others. Why is he asking you to do certain things? Because he wants none to perish without knowing him. Why is he asking you to get on your knees and pray for someone? 
because he knows that you're interceding for that person at that particular time. They might be driving in a car. They might be going into a, a, a fight with their spouse. They, he knows what's happening. And if you will obey and do your work, there is blessing in that. There is favor in that. There is miraculous in that. There's miracles in that. So when he tells you to do something, do it. And do it all the way. Don't do it part way. Today's Super Bowl Sunday, if you haven't realized that. There are two teams that are going to face off this afternoon. The Chiefs and the 49ers. How many of you are rooting for the Chiefs? Give me a show of hands. Mm, Okay, how many for the 49ers? Mm, How many for the commercials? Yeah, okay, all right. We know, okay, I mean, look, we're talking Kansas City and San Francisco, right? None of these places are close to us, so we're not quite sure. I'm rooting for Kansas City, but that's a whole other reason, because Andy Reid's the coach. He used to coach for the Eagles. Andy, where you at, brother? Okay, so this is, he's an Eagle fan too. So we're rooting for Andy Reid and the, and, the, and the Chiefs, but that's just me. So what happens is there's two different teams, though. They're going to get on the field today. And I don't know about the history of, you know, like the, the bookies as they, I don't bet on the games. That's not what I was asking for, you know, my issue with earlier today. Uh, I'm not betting on the games, I'm not gambling. But what happens is, I'm not sure I've ever seen a box score that has two teams more evenly matched than the Super Bowl. And so what's going to happen today, this afternoon, is the team that executes the best. The team that does what the coach says to go do. The team that is more prepared and ready to execute on the plan that the coach has put into place is going to be the one who wins the game. And much like that in our own life, we've got our coach. We've got Jesus Christ who is speaking to us. And if we can do what he says, because he knows what's going to happen in the execution part of our life, we can say, I don't know why you would ask me to do that, Lord. It doesn't make any sense. But if he asks you to go do it, you do it. And I realized that in the Bible, there's two different stories of two people who both have the exact same name, who have very, 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 very different outcomes in their execution and following God's word on what he has told them. How many of you want to look at that just real quick? That person's name, those, those two people, two separate people, is Ananias. Everyone's like, oh, oh boy. Acts chapter 5. So we have to choose which team we're going to be on this morning. Which team Ananias are we going to be on? Same name, evenly matched. One executes, one does not. And we're going to see real quickly what happens when the one who doesn't execute. Acts chapter 5. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession... And he kept back part of the proceeds. God specifically told them in that day that whenever they sell something, specifically land, that they bring all the proceeds. Fill it up all the way to the top, to the brim. Bring all of the proceeds. What happened here? He kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it, she brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter says, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Oh, my goodness. You understand what happened here? Ananias didn't fill the pot all the way. 
He didn't fill it up to the brim. There was a commandment that God had on his life that he specifically spoke to him to, that the Holy Spirit was present and said, this is what I want my church to go do, and he didn't do it. He held some back. He didn't trust God. And the interesting part about this Ananias is that he tried to hide it. He tried to hide it. He came forth in front of Peter and brought it as if, hey, this is everything. This is all I got. Look at me. I'm bringing everything here. Oh, but the Holy Spirit knows. In your life, right now, I know that Jesus has told you to do certain things. And you have not done them all the way. You have not done them all the way. And he's asking you this morning, it's time to take the next step and do them all away. It says, he kept back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, this is New Testament. Silence. Yeah, there's no amens here. Fell down and breathed his last. Holy cow. So great fear came upon all those who heard that. Yeah, you think? And I think the point of this, what God is trying to show us is, is he wants us to obey, not part of the way, not some of the way, but all the way. Because he knows that obedience all the way, there's protection in that. There's blessing in that. There's ability to see that he knows what's going to happen and you don't know what's going to happen. And the point of this is, is that as we walk in obedience, God begins to take and say, this person's trusting me all the way. He knows things that are going to come out. He knows accidents and intersections that he has you to avoid. Because he says, turn left. I never turn left here. I ne- you know how many things could be avoided in our lives if we would listen right away and all the way? Call that person and ask for their forgiveness. Doesn't happen. And something happens to that person. God knows. God specifically, when I was down working in Meadville, There was a young lady who was struggling. This is tough. I think I may have shared this before. She was struggling with some mental challenges. And I talked. She worked for me. I would talk to her periodically. We'd have conversations. I'd tell her about God and I'd pray for her. But you know, I never led her in a prayer of salvation. I never sat there across because I don't know, was I, was I worried about what somebody would say? I was worried that she might run to the HR director and say, oh, you know, you know the CFO of the company is trying to get me to be, you know, become a, a follower of Jesus. And I had this fear in my heart that I didn't obey. And I didn't obey all the way. I said, well, let me pray for you. You know, I'll, I'll, you'll be in my prayers. And I didn't fill it up to the brim. I didn't go all the way. I didn't take the pot all the way and say, this woman needs Jesus Christ to be her Lord and Savior. She needs set free from these things, and I'm going to ask her, and I'm going to pray with her to see if she wants to receive Jesus Christ. I never did that. 
As she worked longer, she started missing work, and we had to eventually let her go for performance reasons. Three months after, maybe four, I found out that she took her own life. I can only pray, I can only hope that somebody else, before she died and took her own life, prayed that prayer with her. Church, this is a matter of life and death. This is not a feel-good message. This is a matter of life and death. There are things he's telling you to go do for a reason. You may not understand them but he's asking you to do them and we have to obey all the way. So that's not the team Ananias we want to be a part of. And we can say amen to that. Ananias, the other team, Acts 9, verse 10. This is the team I want to be a part of. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ah, He's hearing from heaven. He's hearing from heaven. Jesus is speaking to him. He's hearing from heaven. It says, Ananias, and what does he say? Lord, here I am. This team hears his voice. I want to be on the team that hears the shepherd's voice. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Verse 12. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in. I love that. Jesus actually gave Saul, eventually to be Paul, the actual person who was going to come, the name of the person. These now people are hearing from God. Saul, person, Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Verse 13. So I love this. So this is Ananias sitting here saying, okay, I hear what you're saying Jesus, many of us have done this. Many of us have debated. I don't understand why you're asking me to go do this. Look what he says. And the Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. He has come as authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So now Ananias is like, okay, you can still be on the winning team and have a little debate with God sometimes. Okay? This is not to say you don't go and condemn yourself every time you get a little uncertain about was that Jesus' voice, should I go do it? But what happens next means all the difference between this life and death is here. But the Lord said to him, go. So the Lord continues to speak, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for his name's sake. And Ananias went. Verse 17. And Ananias went. He obeyed the voice of the Lord. He obeyed the call. He didn't know what Saul. All he knew was Saul was this person, right? That was persecuting the Christians. This is all he knows. But there was something bigger in store. And how many of you know that the Apostle Paul, who this was, who he was speaking of, ended up writing two-thirds of this New Testament that we have before us. So Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, 
The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, have sent, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales and received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. You see that water that turned into wine? Guess how fast that happened? Immediately. Didn't say they waited around for a few years for the grapes to ferment a little bit longer so the wine would be a little bit better. That wine would have had to have been there for years upon years upon years. But immediately, the miracle happened. And when we obey God, when we walk and do what he's asked us to go do, yeah, sure, we can debate a little bit, but when we walk and we execute in the things that God has called us to go do, he shows up. And the miracles begin to happen. And what you weren't sure what to say, he says it for you. When we rely on him. So as we close this morning, I want to ask you, which team... Which team are you going to be on today? Do you want to be on the team that obeys part of the way? A quarter of the way? How about nine-tenths of the way? How about 99.9% of the way? You say, but that's almost all the way. Uh-uh. What he's calling us to this morning is full complete and radical obedience. Because 100% obedience is pretty radical. Most of us don't live that way. Can we be radically obedient to what he's calling us to go do? Can we be radically obedient to his words in this book? Can we be radically obedient to the words that he has spoken to you? to do this, to do that, to forgive this person, to pray for that person, to witness to this person. Can we be radically obedient in this season? Say, oh, the fast is over. I had coffee this morning. <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, man, when I'll tell you what, when I popped that Keurig down, oh, it was like sweet music to my ears. I mean, Sydney, you're good and all, but I'll tell you what, the sound of the curing this machine this morning, as it just, I don't know, if you have one that's old like mine, makes a whole lot of noise. It was so sweet. And then the aroma and the smell. Say, the fast is over. No, 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 no. He is calling us to walk in this radical obedience every day of our lives. Not just during the fast. In fact, he might tell some of you to continue doing the fast. Oh, did he say that? Who says it has to be three weeks? Andy and I were talking. It was only three weeks for Daniel because that's when stuff started to happen. Daniel was committed to fast as long as it took. To walk in radical obedience as long as it took to see God move in the miraculous. So I want to pray for you this morning. Just bow your heads. I just want to pray for the strength to be radically obedient. Because when we are, there's so much blessing. 
Yes, there's uncertainty. Yes, there's unknowns. Sometimes it's a little scary. But I truly believe he's calling us out of our comfort zone. Out of our comfort zone. To fill the pot all the way to the brim. Leaving no room, no doubt, no second guessing, no turning back. No chance to add a little of our own ingredients. No chance to add a little of our own wisdom, our own thoughts, our own plans, our own purposes. No room, no room but Jesus filling the pots completely full. So Father, I ask you this morning for the strength to walk in radical obedience. And Father, forgive us for the times where we have not. And Father, thank you for not striking us down, but giving us a second chance. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, may we trust in you so completely, so totally, that we will radically obey all that you've called us to go do. Strengthen us, Lord. Have your way in us, Lord. Just want to take a moment. Just ask now, I know the time is late. Crosswalk had their time. Just want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, is there anything, is there anything that you've told me to go do that I haven't done yet? Is there anything that you've asked me to go do that I've delayed, that I've tarried, that I've drugged my feet, that I came up with my own way to do it? Lord, speak to us. Remind us of your word that you've given us. Father, I ask that you be with us this week. As we take a step out in faith and maybe witness to that person that you've called us to witness to, or maybe call that relative that we haven't talked to in a while. Or take a chance on that job you told us to go after. Father, whatever it is, we want your way in our lives. Have your way. Father, we thank you for these things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Precious name we pray. Amen.
There's some prayer leaders that are going to be coming up here that they're able to pray with you if you've got a physical need, any need that you have in your life. If you want to come up here, they will pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you've never brought Jesus in and said, I want you to fill my pot all the way, all you, none of me, they can pray with you as well. You can come up here. They can pray that prayer of salvation with you. As they're making their way up, I just want to read this benediction over you. Nah, he doesn't want me to read that. Hold on. Give me a second. He wants me to read Proverbs again. Come on, guys. This is our, my prayer for you. Let's receive this this morning. We will trust in the Lord with all your heart. The reason why we don't fill the pot all the way is because we're not fully trusting that what he's saying to go do is what we need to do. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't leave any room for anything else. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Come on, church. Our pots overflowing with the new wine. Father, thank you. Thank you. Have your way. We thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. May we hear your voice even more clearly this week. And may we radically obey all that you've asked us to go do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great afternoon. Go Kansas City. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.